This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking Astrology with the Keymaster himself, Samuel Reynolds. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I feel I feel blessed. Alhamdulillah. That's wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you said you were going to surprise me today or? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, what I want to do is kind of go back a little bit to the beginning where we started our conversation, you know, talking about us and astrology and the occult in general tying some things that we have talked about recently, but I might as well start with what really, you know, gives the impetus for this. So I work closely with the woman who organizes a conference she inherited from her mother. Um, it's called NORWAC, and her name is Laura Nelbandian. And NORWAC, it stands for the Northwest Astrological Conference, and it's now become one of the more progressive astrology conferences, I would dare say, in the world. You know, we're just this year, we had, I think, about seven people of color who were on the roster. Now, you may say, like, well, out of how many speakers? Maybe it was 25 or 30, but let me just say this. That's seven more than you're going to find in most astrology conferences. And she asked me, did I know any Black or Indigenous people of color um, who specialize in astrological magic? And... I really couldn't think of any. So I went to Twitter and asked Twitter, like, who are your go-to people for astrological magic? And what also came back was fascinating. Before you, what is astrological magic? Thank you for asking that. So astrological magic. You know, it's is funny, people who know stuff, they, they, uh, they assume everybody knows the stuff. And No, you, I'm glad you asked that. I understand that. I try to avoid that, but, you know, I stepped into it. Um, astrological magic is where you use the principles of astrology to really um, deal with, I dare say, manipulate, use, um, enhance with spiritual forces, whether that's in terms of how we're talking about the spirits of planets and harness that through talismans and amulets, or using that for a particular effect um, you know, some measure of magic also might be electional magic. When we elect to do particular dates for marriages, sending off emails, sending off mails, when you decide to file your tax returns, all these particular things can be aspects of magic. But most often we're talking about talismans, amulets, and other ways in which you might evoke spirits. Now, some people are like, that sounds like that could be demons. Yes, that also could be that. It could also be other kinds of spirits. One of the things that people also evoke and use, and we supposedly have access to, are angels. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you, but that's what people have done. Now, what I will say, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll come back to, now that I've answered your question, the impetus for this. So she asked me, did I know any BIPOC you know, people of it? And when I went to Twitter and asked the same question, I also got a lot of people stating people who were astrologers that I knew of, including listing myself, I don't practice astrological magic. That's not what I do. I don't make talismans. I have used talismans, which I'm going to talk about with a story in just a second. But um, 
that's not what, what happens. And it started me thinking about when I say going back to the beginning, like, well, why isn't there enough representation of Black people in this very powerful form of astrology or in astrology in general, considering that we have people, you know, who've done studies like the Pew and Harris poll, where statistically there are more Black people who supposedly believe in astrology than whites and Latinos. Asians haven't been put in the mix for whatever reason, but we're the ones who generally like, yeah, you know, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Scorpio, I'm Aquarius. We know these particular things and give credence to it. So I, I wanted to, to mention that. And for those of you who have an interest in the occult and who aren't afraid, I'm going to talk to those who are afraid in a second, which is okay. Um, for those who aren't afraid, I'm going to encourage you to study because we need you. We need you deeper in this field. And let me tell you how concretely this manifests. Most of the practitioners I know of magic historically, including John Dee, who was actually influential as the astrologer and advisor for Queen Elizabeth I. Now you might say like, well, why is that important in terms of Queen Elizabeth I? The first? Because it was under some measure of his direction, using some principles of magic, using the principles of electional astrology, that we have the ascendancy of what becomes the United Kingdom and the British Empire. She is at the beginning of the ascendancy of the British Empire. And it's no accident that Queen Elizabeth, who was born a Virgo, also becomes known as the Virgin Queen. That's the first idea of using astrology for what becomes branding. So when I talk about the history of this form of astrology, most of it is white. And most of the practitioners, whether they are progressive or not, or just like people who aren't involved in politics in general, are white. I actually um, got a talisman to enhance for study and um, wealth and particular things from this one practitioner. His name is Christopher Warnock. And he actually had the talisman made in Islamabad, Pakistan, using some of the principles that we're talking about. Now, just to give you a sense of the power of this, the day I got the talisman in my hand, even before I had charged it, which is another kind of particular ritual, without ex expectation, $2,500 landed in my account. That's the day, right? So I do know the power of this magic, right? In terms of what it can do. You're skeptical. I, I see that face. What's that face about? How do you reconcile that with your spiritual walk? Because all I'm hearing are idols and put no idol before me. You know, I'm hearing, you know, oh, God is the source, you know, so what is this? God is still the source. Actually, make it make sense for me. Sam. Okay. God is still the source. And with this particular talisman, what it has on it are Arabic letters, you know, because some of the people who advanced the idea of talismans and magic the most were Islamic scholars from the medieval period. One. Two, what you're doing in the summoning related to spiritual forces is not so much um, using them, you know, for worship or trying to have them as worship. They're conduits of energy that come from the source, from Allah. 
right? It's, it's the same thing we were talking about when you have a blessing on your door. You don't look at that blessing in terms of using a mezuzah on your door because it is a kind of talisman. You don't think of that as like, I worship it. Right. It's where you're using funnels of energy or using those blessings that it has on it as conduits of energy. So when people speak. people put oil at their windows and doors or salt at Absolutely. their windows and doors. Or salt around it. Well, salt, salt is more preventative. You're not trying to evoke or- Oh, but, but still those are things yes. people do. Yes. As, uh, uh, one would call magic. You would call it magic. We yes. call protection, you know. And then I think about the magic. We, we have our own tradition, hoodoo, right? Right, right. But everyone, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that that's evil, Papa Legba, and all. You know, like that's that's something summoning demons. You know, like this this is going to be a tough thing for a lot of folk right now. Even though we do these things every day, people have the the rosary beads. Those of you who are Catholic, y'all, are, you know, you you treat those and all the little statues that you have of the little saints. You know, is is that falling in the same category as the talisman? Some might say yes, and I would say yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There's still an interesting debate and conversation in Islam where, you know, where you can use particular beads in terms of counting the names of Allah. Some people really are mad against that, you know, and thinking that becomes like an idol or really takes away from, it's, a, it's an innovation um, and takes away from that. But other people see it as I see it, a tool. Some people so, see curses on their cars. I'm just thinking now out loud. Uh, they wear crosses around their necks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Continue. I mean, and the, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is, you know, my, my experience with Christopher Warnico I mentioned earlier has been mostly positive, if not completely positive, and some of these other practitioners. But why it's important that we also study and be involved in some dimension of this is that we may not be taking advantage of the full power and heft of things that empower us, that strengthen us, that enrich us, that enrich our lives. And I don't mean just in terms of actual monetary wealth. And of course, as I've said before, these always come with some measure of caveats, they're dangers. So if you're trying to manipulate certain spiritual forces purely for selfish ends, as if you can dominate them, um, and have control over them, you're likely to lose. You know, you can't come completely from that sense of ego. And this is even something talk, talked about in the Quran, where, you know, Solomon, who had gained this level of wisdom and understanding, he could command jinn. You know, according to the Quran, he was able to summon the throne of the Queen of Sheba. You know, so I, I wanted to go back and, and talk about this you know, and even go back to the beginning, because this is the book, this book, the new revised sixth and seventh books of Moses, which I've mentioned on this program before, Magical Uses of the Psalms, which, um, you know, has different prayers. This was the beginning of my journey, right, into this, into astrology. It was looking for this particular book that took me to that astrology, because I just wanted to have it because my mama wouldn't let me use it when I was 16, which was wise, right? Um, and why I'm saying this when, I, when, we, when we see this dearth of practitioners in this one particular field, it also goes into other things that we need to be aware of 
as I believe of brown people, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about as well. You know, we have a lot of fear, even though many of us have left the ghetto, the ghetto has not, has not left our minds and left our spirits. We're not free and we're not thinking about where we can seek knowledge from all sources and then kind of discern using some of the principles of spirit and some other things that we've learned on what supports us. And so we decide based on what others have decided for us. You don't need to play with that. That's the devil's work. Who told you that? Where'd that come from? You know, or when people say, you know, um, you know, you know, you know, the cat only has nine lives. What's the cat's name? You know, in terms of, you know, avoiding risks and, you know, not going for things, you know, curiosity killed the cat. I always say name the cat, right? And most people can't. So I think we should have to fuel our curiosity, but beyond just our curiosity, I do want to talk about, and I don't mean this in any self-congratulatory way, not for you, not for me, but recognizing that, you know, what you've done in some parallel, what I've done, I think many of us can do, but I think many of us have to do it with a spirit. You know, I always say, I'm not trying to have a seat at the table anymore, right? You know, like, you know, I just want to have a seat. We, we used to talk about that in the 60s and 70s. You know, we want to sit at the table. No, I want the table, right? And when I say I want the table, it's not just like I want to hog it for myself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm on the, the board of directors for the International Society for Black, I mean, for International Society for Astrological Research, but I'm also one of the co-founders for the International Society for Black Astrologers, which people, if they want to find it, it's on Facebook, right? until it becomes a, you know, a standard standalone organization. And I mention that because when I say I want the table, we don't have to get into this either or of segregation versus integration because we're still following the premise that white people have set for us, which is like, well, you know, you, know, you, you, you kind of go along with this or you go by yourself. I'm like, no, I actually want to also take over what you do and <laughs> kind of be more influenced in what you do because you have proven you sucked at it. Right. In terms of how we are talking about a vision for humanity and articulating not anymore for our humanity as people, but for humanity itself, starting with ourselves first. Right. I'm not going to argue for all these different people, whether whether it's Native Americans, Latinos, women, white women, whatever, without starting with us first. And then from that goes the general argument toward humanity itself. But we can't be fearful about well, whether we should go into these spaces, do these things. You know, I decided long time ago when it came to astrology, like, you know, I'm starting with my own and from that concentric circles of greater and greater influence, not just for myself, but for others. And I think that's working. And one thing that's interesting, um, I saw this in the New York paper. Um, what's that little, uh, it's not the Daily News or the Post, it's the smaller one, AM Daily or something like that? Is yeah, that yeah, I think it is an AM Daily. Okay. What I saw in their advertising, and I remember looking at advertising for psychics and spiritualists over the years, and not because I really was looking for one, I'm just, you know, what's going on in that field, which is akin to mine, adjacent. But one of the fascinating things I've seen in the last year, there's a growing number of you know, African um, black folks who are appearing, which we can we can recognize by the names in those pages. Now you may say like, well, why is that important? 
because what we're starting to see, and this is happening in astrology too, a, a pervasiveness of people of color. And it's not just like, oh, that's great. We're also integrating the field. No, I think we should have the idea of also wanting to dominate. One of the things that I take from Booker T. Washington is a lot of things people argue against. But Booker T. was clear that it's not enough just to have some entry in a field, but dominance in that field, where by virtue, nothing else seems to happen if you don't come to us, which is going with economic and then drawing on Du Bois political power. So I think whatever field you're in, if you're listening, whether you're working for corporate or you're working right now for corporate or you're, you know, you're in law, think about how you can make more broader claim toward the table rather than just having a seat. And I think that's also true. I'm talking about it from the occult, but I think that goes into many different swaths of life. And even using that word occult, I'm going to come back to that in a second. But what you're saying, I'm, I'm thinking I have a, a map on my desk. And, you know, Pangea, uh, before, you know, the, the country separated, the continent separated, before, you know, there was a separation, um, everything was together. But the center of the togetherness was Africa. Yeah. And then all peoples branched out from there. Yeah. We are the alpha. And it is not from a, oh, we're superior standpoint, but if humanity began in this space that we come from, and all things come from, and all resources come from, and still are coming from this central land, then you can't put humanity in the hands of people who come from lack. You can't put humanity in the hands of people who uh, war is first. You have to put humanity in the hands of people who understand that there's enough for everyone and, is, and understand how to feed everybody. So I, as I'm listening to you, I get it. Now, this word occult triggers me. I'm struggling. Why? Because it is akin to demonic energy. For me, it's akin to the devil. It's akin to darkness. And I don't want, I'm not going to lean into darkness on any level. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I don't, and even having this conversation with you, you know, on some fronts, if I didn't know you, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The reason why we're having this conversation is because I respect immensely your, your spiritual walk. So I know you as a person connected to God. Otherwise, I would have a hard time having this conversation and breaking those uh, very strong um, opinions that I've uh, adopted over the years or have been, uh, you know, inculcated with. So it, it, I know if I'm struggling, other people are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we get out of our way to embrace something we've been taught from time and for the last 400 years, ever since the Haitians used it to free themselves? Mm, wait a minute. Okay, talk to me. So the word occult literally means hidden. And the question becomes, who's hidden it and hidden from who and hidden for what? And the question when we say occult and then you know we know it means hidden it can be ways in which we see it in scripture because there are ways in which people can read particular aspects of the scripture and understand the inner value the inner meaning of things you know there's said to be four levels by which we can read you know have any exegesis of scripture um there's also ways in which that's also true for the Quran. 
So there are these deeper recesses of meaning that we can even draw from, especially the Abrahamic traditions. And then when we go into the realm of, you know, talking about the fear related to demons, I am not going to, you know, offhandedly dis dis dismiss that. I recognize that is real. But I also think that many people who are in religious practice, I don't know if they're always in spiritual practice, because I do make a distinction, may not understand the realm by which we also understand demons. Let me be clear. So classically, if you look up the etymology of the word demon, it also relates to the idea of guides, tutelary spirits called daemons, which we also have the word genius related to. So the Latin word for daemon is genius. And it wasn't so much in the classical idea that someone had genius as much as they had a genius, right? So we now say like, if your IQ is over 140, I mean, you're a genius. Whereas that's not, that's a modern idea. That's not a classical idea. So one was in touch with their genius when we talked about it in more in antiquity, even up, I said, I would say until the 19th century. Now this word daemon, classically, and I mean more Neoplatonic thought, there were said to be three different layers of daemons. One that was close to the monad, to what we would say, God, to the one, and to the gods in general, celestial. Then there were more the ones who were intermediary, who incarnate with humans, which we now talk about in Christianity as your guardian spirit or your guardian angel. So that was one thing that was talked about. And then there were the lowest form who actually dealt more with the material world and the, the workings of the material world. And I think that's the one where we often talk about, um, you know, Damon becomes corrected or not corrected, but corrupted to demon. Now, what makes them demons? Now, I'm not going to go into the mythology related to the Abrahamic religions because we know where that comes from. You know, we said that, you know, Satan, Iblis, decided he wanted to be like God, which is more the Christian myth idea of it. The Islamic myth is different. Um, and actually, I think closer to what I'm talking about, but I can come back to that. But when I talk about these lower forms of, of demons, we, we should do a whole um, session on that. Okay. I, I feel like I've, I've way too many questions. Um, okay. And there is, to me, as you're talking, I'm also thinking there, there are scriptures that talk about commanding, you know, when Jesus sent the demons into the pigs and they were like, please, you know, can we stay in this region? And, you know, like there are several encounters in the New Testament where Jesus encounters people possessed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, but he has the power to command and, and the whole argument was like, because they were calling him a demon or, or, or Satan or whatever. And he said, demons don't cast out demons. You know, mm -hmm. I, a demon wouldn't cast out a demon. So therefore I'm not, but you know, just even all of that, I think requires some exploration, but it still comes back to our control and power over our lives, this That's present true. world, well, the, the, the material and the immaterial and us not being victims of a world, but having some agency to be able and this goes to, to that point I'm, I'm i'm talking about now these this this third level of 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 daemon you know which again are spirits by which we have facilitation they're mediums they're ways in which things happen 
what I've come to believe from my own reading of, you know, Neoplatonic thought and, and all that is that these particular creatures, when you start messing with them and you believe that you can control them or you open yourself up to them, you have to understand, unlike the other two levels of daemons, they don't have a vested interest in humanity. They don't care about humanity. They care about the things that they are said to be over control and the things that they're involved. So if someone around you or you decide to play with those forces without recognizing what you're calling on or what you're dealing on, and sometimes it doesn't always have to be about you know the magic. Sometimes by virtue of you know, ways in which we do things like anger in the home, beating your children, or even ways in which we have certain violence, that can excite the spirits that are around you, right? And that, that can lead to what people talk about as possession, whether that's of your home or a person. And then sometimes there are people who just don't know what they're doing, you know, who, who kind of like, when I say don't know what they're doing, they start, you know, getting books like this or whatever, and like, I'm gonna do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that spirit that was, let's say, over rocks heard you. Like, what you doing? Oh, that sounds interesting. Let's poke with this one, because I told you they don't have a vested interest in humanity. And that goes along with something that Islam talks about. And then, you know, like you said, that could be a whole episode. Because one of the things that Islam makes a distinction than one understands in Christian thought. And I won't say Jewish thought, but more Christian, is that Iblis, Satan, was not an angel. Angels did not fall. He was a different kind of being altogether, which we call the jinn, creatures made of smokeless fire. And so as a creature that could take on multiple forms and different forms, even appearing human, they're of a different class of being. And you know, the, the story goes in the Quran that when the hosts of heaven, which included jinn, because they also could mingle with the angels at one time, um, were called forth to bow before Adam and Eve, Iblis says, I'm made of fire. That's made of mud. I'm not bowing before that. And then he was cast out. It's like, well, you can't bow before this, this creature I've made in recognition of the divine. At no point did Iblis say like, well, I can be like the most beloved. I can be like the, the divine. In fact, some make the argument, some Sufis make the argument that Iblis was more attentive to the idea of monotheism because he refused to bow to anything other than the divine. Irrespective, he was still cast out. And so that becomes a different myth. And I think it clarifies something. Iblis, Satan, has no vested interest in humanity. In fact, he hates us. He wants to destroy us because he thinks that we're not worthy of, of being on this planet and being the vice regent of this planet, you know, in terms of authority. So that goes up. We're, we're kind of proving that. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's true. So the clarion call is for more people who have melanin, who uh, are black, black identified, who, who are part of the culture, get involved because more of us are involved anyway, but we need more people to lead and at the top who know what the hell they're doing, like Samuel Reynolds at unlockastrology.com. And uh, so let's spend next time figuring out how we get people, you know, like let, let's do some lessons. Let's, okay. let's talk about what it looks like. 
so that folks aren't so ooh. ooh, ooh. All right. And, and I'll look forward to your guided questions because that will, that will help me open up. No, this has been amazing. I, I so appreciate you. Um, this is the year to stretch and grow, and uh, you have totally done that. And I, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Samuel Reynolds. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed rest of your week. You too.